0: Just a heads up and an apology. This episode is about two weeks late at this point. It was recorded the day after Halloween. Ken had COVID and I was busy and I think we both thought each other was going to edit the episode or something and we didn't actually talk about that. So enjoy the late episode. Sorry about that. And here you are. It'll probably happen again. Welcome everyone to this episode of Potasaurus. My name is Lou and I'm actually back for this episode. And joining me we have Timber. Hello everybody. I'm here for this episode again. Which is rare. And But that's it. Actually Ken's the one not here because Ken has Corvid. He has turned into a raven and we do not know if he will be back or not. Entered the Corvid woods. He'll never return. So yeah, that's that's uh that's what's going on. But yeah, we're here. How are you doing Timber? I'm doing okay. Uh,
1: I feel like a tired person because this past weekend was like kind of a heavy crunch for me. Uh, obviously, it was like Halloween weekend, and I set a goal for myself that the Clash video would get out in October. So that meant on the final week of October, that's like all I did. <laughs> so uh, that was exhausting, but the video is done now. I think it would have been a lot more on time if I hadn't left the country for an entire month. But it is what it is. And uh, anybody who's interested in seeing that can go and watch it. Uh, the video is called um, Finding Your Purpose in Xenoclash. So if that if, if you're into Xenoclash or, or your purpose, there's
0: a cross-section there. <laughs> <laughs> if you're one of the the literally w- tens of people who remember a Xenoclash, but also the tens of people who are looking for purpose in their life, Yes, there might be some of them. <laughs> <laughs> I I know how to find
1: my exact niche in the world, but yeah. So that that happened, and then otherwise, let's see. It was like Halloween weekend. I didn't actually do anything particularly Halloweeny, but I did go to the usual. Uh, there's this conservancy near me that that basically puts on shows near holidays what? for like with different animals. So like you go there. And they have, uh, like, a set of different animals that they'll show. And they'll take you into, like, a small room, and then they'll just bring the animal in and have a talk about it. Um, In this case, they had some new... What the fuck is a conservancy? Um, It's a place where they basically rehabilitate animals, but it's too small to really be a zoo. Uh, And it's usually pretty focused on, like, the conservation of specific species. So... Um, this particular one specializes in sloths, and they have some of the. Is
0: there is there another word for this? I I feel like this is the first time I've ever heard of a conservancy. Let's see, like I legit thought you just made up that word. And like I'm, <laughs> no, like that sounds like a timber word. Like,
1: no, no. So it's a body concerned with the preservation of nature, specific species, or natural resources. So, like I said. <laughs>
0: on real quick. Let me. Um, yeah, it just. I, I, I've heard like a. I, I don't know. I feel like I've never. I've never heard this word before. <laughs> you need to start finding some conservancies around you, man. I they, think they're entertaining. Oh, well, here's one called the, the nature conservancy. But like we all call everything like a conservation center or conservation thing. Like conservation area. I don't think I've ever heard the word conservancy. It just sounds very like. It sounds like a gentrified conservation area. <laughs> no work <we're>, or yeah, <laughs> just I legit thought you just made up this word or some stupid Michigander thing again. I don't know. Every time I, I stand by that. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me because this place is
1: definitely one of those like, some guy was one day was just like, I like animals. I'm gonna start taking care of them, and then he just like made this thing. He's like, oh, by the way, if you want to like look at them, I guess you can come over and just. Look while I brush its teeth or whatever, and then people mm-hmm. did, and it just sort of kept growing from there. So,
0: um, in this we case, we have Grant's farm. Grant's farm. Yeah, like like General Grant, his farm. Does it? He didn't. It's 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 like a miniature zoo. Okay, so he's got like actually,
1: it's not just like <laughs> it's not what uh, people in Missouri refer to as a zoo, where you have such. Exotic creatures as pigs,
0: uh, cows, sheep, and goats. We we have a zoo in Missouri. <laughs> we, ha- we have St. Louis Zoo, but then this is a different thing. This is like, they have like, like the other animals there. Yeah? They got like, like horses and uh-huh. cows uh-huh. and other birds and like peacocks and shit. <laughs> okay all right at least they have the peacocks uh no like it's it's not not like huge but it's not small yeah like, yeah. like it's not like a you know, tiny tiny it's not like a dude in a parking lot he's like you want to see a donkey and you're like no <laughs> like they, they have donkeys <laughs> they also have zonkeys as well no uh, but like it's it's like in an area like um you can drive down like there's a street in st louis called gravoy which i'm gonna good luck spelling it because it's not spelled the way you think it is probably and you can actually see all these like different animals roaming around in this like like fenced off field, and like that's just part of it. It's like a big nature preserve type of thing. Okay. Yes, um, we, ha- we 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 know what a zoo is in Missouri. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> uh, a likely story. Does Kansas City have a zoo? Kansas City has a zoo. Go eat a dick. We have there's at least two actual zoos in Missouri. Uh, like zoo zoos. I don't, actually don't know how good the Kansas City Zoo is. But you probably have to pay for it, which I'm not used to having to pay. $5? I'm not paying to go to the zoo. Oh, man, so you the have a free, free zoo. That's neat. You no, know, St. Louis Zoo is free. It's all of our, like, all of our museums, and our, like, most of our museums and our zoo and science center, like, all, like, the basic entry for it is, like, subsidized via taxes. So, like, if you have kids, St. Louis is actually kind of a good place to be for it. Because you can just like give you have little kids, you're like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I have like like a cloud of children I decide to have. I have five kids. What am I gonna take them to do like in the middle of summer? Go to the fucking zoo, go to the science center, all that stuff. Like, all the basic stuff is free. Like, there's some exhibits where they like that you can pay more money to go to them, but like the basic stuff is free, which is like still a lot. Like, you can go see the penguins and stuff at the St. Louis Zoo for free, and there's a lot of cool stuff there. Nice.
1: Yeah, I was to be
0: very defensive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh nevertheless, yeah, so the the thing I went to, they basically set you in a room. They they give a presentation. In this case they had a guy in like dressed up like the hooded cultist from Resident Evil Four come in and like give some of the scientific facts about the animals and then they bring out the animal. Um in this case, uh they had some new exhibits, so they had wolves, which they just like brought into the room. They put, like, a whole bunch of dishes on the floor right at our feet with meat in it. And then the wolves came and ate from the bulls. So that was cool. And uh, this this is kind of the, the running theme of, like, you know, take these wild animals in a room full of people with, like, very little there besides, like, a collar and a leash. And then, uh, you know, let them... Let, let, let you share the space for a bit, which most zoos or places you go to, you're always going to have, like, a fence or something. So it's a little bit more personal, but also... A lot more dangerous, <laughs> but nothing's gone wrong so far, and I've gone for a few years now. If I don't return to one of these podcasts one time, and it's close to like Halloween, uh, I probably went to that and and didn't make it that time. But, uh, but yeah, uh, they also have this segment near the end because it's Halloween where they put you in a big room and they let their bat colonies fly around in the space there, which is super awesome. Uh, apparently, I'm get i if I age five more years i won't even be able to hear the bats anymore so that's that's how i know i'm getting too old uh (laughs) how old are you now i'm currently 30 but um at 35 you stop being able to hear their little like ultrasonic clicks
0: Mm. what about you my friend tom had a bat in his house once oh not that long ago he's just like i have a situation i had like take off work i think and he had a cancel stream for the night i'm like what happened he's like there is a bat in my house (laughs) And he had to call Animal Control to come and get it. <laughs> uh,
1: was it just like a, a vampire bat or a fruit bat? Actually, we probably don't have fruit bats in the States. That's a silly question. I have no idea. A, a bat's a bat? <laughs> I don't know. Well, the fruit bat looks like a tiny little fox and it's super cute. the The vampire bat looks like it got smashed in the face with a bulldozer.
0: I've never seen I did not see it, so I don't know. He didn't have any picture because uh it's Tom. Gotcha. Tom has a cat and like barely takes pictures of it, so like Whereas like I have a I have a shared folder with my girlfriend that we keep we keep forgetting to upload to, but currently has about thirty three hundred photos and videos of our dog. Oh, that's cute. That's a fox bat.
1: No. And uh this is its cousin the, the vampire bat <laughs> so yeah typically the bottom one is the one i see around here but the fruit bats are super cute and you've probably seen memes of people feeding them fruit because they'll just like nom
0: nom on a grape or a banana. i've only seen a bat in real life once that i can remember and it was hanging off my friend's window and then he's like, "It's been there a week, and then it fell off, and it was dead. It had been dead the whole oh time. Plowed like, into the like, wall, into the windowsill, and just stayed there. They're uh. like what the fuck's <laughs> going on with that? <laughs> it became part of the decorations. Yeah, I mean, it was the middle of the summer, so it was really weird. And It was the middle of the day. You're like, why is that a bat? <laughs> and like, you can't really touch it. So right, yeah. There's, uh... I saw quite a few of them when I was in Romania,
1: because. Well, that should be obvious that, like, a place that's folklore is known for like introducing the concept of vampires and werewolves would have bats. But yeah, there's plentiful bats there. They're harmless, though. Good to know.
0: They mostly eat the vet the um the vet the veterinarians. <laughs> they and the, the, they the, eat the veterinarians. The former. They hit the vets, the people who used to be in the army. There, <laughs> they just, they feed them to them. Yeah, yeah. We have no use for our vets. We feed them to the bats. Yes. This is the
1: recycling program. But no, they, they eat all of the, the insects around there, which is probably a big reason why I like barely saw any bugs the entire time I was there. Like it's similar to California where like they just swing the window open, no screens or anything, and it's just totally fine, like nothing nothing. Man, decent. that
0: sounds nice because we had like a, a shield bug in here yesterday. I heard it go like go by and I'm like, I had to go find a bottle to put it in. Cause like you, that's the only way to get rid of them around here. Cause like, if you touch those things, they 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 stink bugs. They smell. So I just find like a bottle of soda and trap it in there. And if I feel like opening the door, I let them out. If not, I toss the bottle away with them in it. I know this. I don't. I don't. I don't have any love for bugs. ever living in the mountains in the Japanese countryside, by the way, did you know I lived in Japan before. I don't know if you knew that or not. So oh, cool. Um, I just have no. I have no patience for bugs when they get in the house. Mike, you had a chance. I'll try and let you out. Like, I'll try and let bees out. If a bee or a wasp gets in the house, I'm most likely going to try and get rid of it through a window or a door first. Um, Although, if the wasp keeps getting around, I'm pulling out the vacuum, and I'm sucking that fucker up, and he's just going to die in the vacuum because I'm not... Where am I going to let him out? Where am I let out a pissed, dust-covered wasp? It's just going <laughs> to come after me. So it just stays in there, and it dies in there. But also, it's a wasp or a hornet or something. It's so like, fuck him. It's right. a, if it's a bee bees rarely get in
1: yeah i have a system it's a great system but so it sounds like you let so you're in in camp save the bugs for the most part like unless it's a wasp that you have um, trapped in your vacuum it sounds like you usually re- catch I, I primarily
0: like if i can if it's feasible to open the door or window to let something out and it's flying and it's like near it like if all of... if there's like a, a moth stuck in the house i'm like you're so close you're so close to the door. I'll like trying to shoo them out or like I have a dog who tries to snap at butterflies and stuff. But if it's something like if girlfriend sees a spider, she makes me kill it and nothing I can do about that.
1: But if you see the yeah, spider, the f- do you,
0: do you catch and release spiders too? Do you do spider bro? I mean, I don't catch and release them because if you catch an, a house spider and you let it outside, you're basically sending it to its death anyway. Like, people who do that, if you take a house spider, which most of those are born and live in your house their entire lifespan, and then you go and take them outside, you're basically just, like, throwing... It's like throwing you out into the ocean, from what I've been told. It's like, just someone drops you in the middle of the ocean, they're like, Good luck, bud. want to make sure you weren't stuck in that boat anymore, though. And then you're just like, What the fuck do I do? It's like that. So you're just, like, just delaying their death a little bit, because they're not going to make it back in the house in enough time. Something's going to get them. Like there are outside spiders that do get in. That's a different story. But most house spiders are supposed to be in the house. <laughs> gotcha. Hmm. I the didn't ones know in that. the basement, I kind of let them go because, like, I try and sp- I try to spray for bugs downstairs. which I know this is the most riveting, exciting com- <laughs> conversation and this video game based <laughs> podcast. But when I had my office downstairs, it was like the whole basement is just cu- like filled with spiders. And every once in a while, crickets get in somehow. But like, I would get rid of them then because like there were so many, and I had the like the puppy down there. And this was like pre basement flooding um and i would like try and get rid of them as best i could because some of them were like massive uh but now i just like i see them, i'm like hey just stay away my girlfriend tries to get me to like close the the thing for like we have tide pods she wants me to close the lid so spiders can't get in there So when she reaches in she doesn't touch a spider which i think they're not attracted to the smell of laundry detergent so i think she's safe but what i'm gonna do is I haven't told her this. I'm gonna go make a sign that says spiders welcome and put it in the uh the Tide Pod thing in the top and leave it down there with the lid off just to see what she does and see if I can find like a fake but realistic looking rubber spider and stick it to the sign. Because oh I'm a nice gosh. person, I'm petty.
1: Um, Don't tell me my business. My girlfriend does a similar thing with uh shoes. She always wants me to shake out the shoes before before giving them to her because there might be spiders, right?
0: Why don't you shake them out then? Well, because then the spiders would be on her, I guess. Also, I want to make a big apology to anyone listening. If you hear a whirring sound, um, my tower computer, or my tower, uh, the fans in it, one of them just likes to make noise randomly, and I have no idea how to fix it. And it only does it sometimes. And I have to take apart my entire front case to get to stop or just keep repeatedly kicking my tower. And that's um, (laughs) what we in the the industry say not great, but it is a percussive adjustment. Um, And I don't want to do that because also I'll probably break it. Like I don't want to or like I'll hurt my foot on the tempered glass on the other side. So I try not to do it. Yeah. So if you hear it, I'm sorry. Not really sorry. I just more of letting you know what that is. Yeah. Probably a rattling Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, this is a video game podcast which video we have games. spent talking about spiders. We've talked about and, many uh, Zoos. Zoos. For a while. Bats, spiders. It's almost like it's Halloween. It's not. It's not though. It's November 1st, Timber. Halloween was yesterday and we got no trick-or-treaters and it sucked. Oh my gosh. We don't live in an unsafe area. We don't live in we we don't live in a bad area of town or an area that's like too gentrified to have People with kids who live in there There's a lot of kids that walk around I feel like most of them might be teenagers Or late Middle school so maybe they don't do trick or treating Anymore but we have kids I see them And like we had people come over Yesterday, Just like a couple friends like yeah we saw some kids in Costumes but they were heading a different direction But we had no one come by So like we sat here and watched Hocus Pocus 1 and 2 Back to back and just no one showed up And like Usually, like I thought, maybe I saw someone one time, but I think my dog's reflection in the window was just messing with me. But like, even the dog didn't see anyone. Kind of sucked. Kind of sucked to not have anyone come by. I say, did you have like an especially elaborate setup for your Halloween decorations? Like, did you transform your house for the occasion? No, but we we kept our our porch light on, and we had um orange and purple string lights on, like the the railing outside like because it's only a couple steps to get up but like around like our our porch so like it was obvious we were home and waiting and like even had our 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 blinds drawn so we could see people come up and just no one kind of sucked because the first year that i haven't lived in an apartment in years i thought we could get trick-or-treaters oh yeah it it is
1: unfortunate that 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 would that you didn't get any for actually like a house house sort of thing um Mm because yeah for some reason they don't really ever do it at apartments um i guess it's more boring because you're limited in how much you can decorate so it's not as exciting it's just like mm-hmm. hey i'm going to this i'm going to jeffrey's house to ask for candy doesn't sound as appealing as mm. uh i'm going over to the literal replica of the nightmare before christmas two blocks down <laughs> to see what's going on over
0: there and also maybe get some candy i mean so we have all this candy which i'll eat but like i probably shouldn't because i'm 33 and i don't want to become pre diabetic or diabetic so it is what it is i feel like that's inevitability regardless if you eat the candy yeah probably so i'm just gonna eat the candy and just like (laughs) be surprised that i'm still alive i don't know i give good advice on this podcast uh that's i i really haven't even been up to a whole heck of a lot that isn't trauma dump worthy and i really don't think anyone wants to hear me trauma dump because i swear there's just like bad luck magnet of my, my my family is just has not been going great for stuff oh so well um
1: other than the video i've been making progress through resident evil village
0: uh, i still haven't beaten i need to. I just got a, a code for the three, the Xbox version from Capcom. I'm a Capcom creator, and all I do is trash their games <laughs> in them. I don't know why they still give me codes, and why they let me still be in their creator's program, but Aren't... I did get a code, and I want to play that DLC, but everyone's playing it currently. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I understood, I was watching someone, I'm afraid I don't remember
1: which particular streamer, um, who is demonstrating a playthrough... Where it was like third person cam was that introduced with the DLC?
0: Yeah, so the DLC it's called the Winters expansion and it adds stuff to the mercenaries mode, adds some new characters to that, adds third person mode for the main game, and adds like a DLC scenario um set after the main game, which I can't, I don't really want to. I haven't played, I don't want to get into it because it's spoilers for you. Fair enough, Um but. What really sucks though, because like, I'm a big fan of them going first person and the third person, the DLC is only in third person and the deal like, um, for like the, the scenario and then they add third person mode for the main game. I really hate that. Like, well, I'm happy it's an option. I hate that it's behind a paywall, but also because they added that and then added a DLC expansion that like is in third person. I'm like, they're just going to ditch first person now instead of fixing the issues with first person, which was like people needed an FOV slider, they're just going to ditch it. And all the third person... Like, RE2 Remake, RE3 Remake, RE4 Remake, this DLC and the expansion all look like the same fucking game. Because they keep using the exact same character animations in the exact same um, perspective and same... It just everything looks so copy-pasted now. I know. But... Um,
1: to me, I was actually kind of excited about it just because as someone who's pretty skilled at first-person games, uh, mm-hmm. literally being good at first-person severely dampens any kind of fear factor that those games
0: have. Like, Oh, there's there's no fear factor, and I, I genuinely don't feel like there's a lot of fear factor in Resident Evil anyway. I thought 7 was creepy, and I thought 8 had a similar vibe but it definitely as you get more powerful in that game by the way also all those health upgrades from the food that you get um that's permanent in your save file so even if you start a new game those upgrades are permanent to your like entire save file and i don't know if they've ever released a way to remove oh it. wow so, like like um short of like deleting all of your save files every time and i think even then you it doesn't cause there's a system file. That's super weird. So that
1: doesn't feel deliberate. But
0: yeah. Cause I guess most people like your average player is not gonna really care. But like I remember that being an issue when the speedrunning was starting, because people like every speedrun's a new game plus run then. And like I don't know what they landed on. Cause like everyone would have to be new new game plus, cause only a fresh save file every time, like a completely fresh install save file, if possible, would be Applicable and like no one's gonna do that unless they finally found a way to do it, or just like require everyone to have gone through the game one time. I don't know. And with max health. Hmm. Yeah. I, well. Okay. Hold on. What did they land on?
1: Uh, I want to inform our good audience here on what the speedrunning community decided. So, are we looking at glitchless? Because that seems to be the standard. No, we want any percent probably.
0: Um any glitchless and oh yeah i forgot they they swapped that full cutscene for time is disallowed there are five exceptions let me prove that i'll be able to checkpoint be warned the game kind not of clearly yeah, music mods are banned there's an fov thing that you can do Huh. they don't really address it man there's so many fucking rules this oh my god hold on look at this watching cutscenes for time save is disallowed there are five exceptions to this rule watching a cutscene to heal However, you still skip it once you're healed. The Bela boss fight cutscene is needed for AI consistency. What? The cutscene where you get the, there there's so many requirements for what you need to do. Uh you can't do a a movement tech anymore. Like I most speedruns that I see, they're like start game when you hit new game end game on final important like on final hit type right. of thing. When you get to Resident Evil, they are so up their own asses and like it's so ultra competitive for some reason. There are like this, like I'm scrolling to read all the rules. You may pause up to five minutes for the entire run. Do not skip cutscenes within five seconds of starting them. They will begin to count towards your five minute timer pause. Oh, if you don't skip cutscenes within five uh, seconds, it will start going towards your five minute pause. Must start from a new game save file, no new game plus items, free DLC, which that's fine for a new game. Like the fact that it's split between glitched and glitchless, uh, pause, buffer, load items. God, there's just so much fucking rules. Right. Game audio must be clearly heard through the run. Music can be turned off. You may be- use your own. Yep. If you cannot hear the game clearly, you'll be rejected. If your run has any portions that are muted due to copyright, your run will be rejected, which I don't understand how that works then. Must play using your feet. The game must be in focus at all times. You can't tab out. Oh my god, there's is so many things. Yeah, this is like... For fucking Resident Evil.
1: This is like almost a parody. I'm trying to remember because I remember... I I know that there's a lot... Like, there are tech... Yeah, no. Oh no, okay, hold on. Game rules. Yeah, so there's a not insignificant list for like The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask as well. Even so, I can get through it one scroll. Mm Let me go back to Resident Evil yeah what's doing it is they have the bulleted lists but like maybe five of these have very clear like exception conditions where it's like this is a thing that is required except in these five instances here here and here and here and here but also (laughs) you know it starts to read like the rule set of a kid's uh of a kid's made-up game on the school bus you know
0: Oh my God, people can leave notes on speedrun.com stuff and like some of them are like on their runs. You can hover over and some of them are just petty. One of them is submitting this for the sole reason to let Distortion know I exist and I don't want that guy that was hiding in a cave to secretly come out one day and steal the bounty. What? (laughs) This category sucks. I see that one a lot. A lot of people are like, I hate this category. It's like, Like then why did you do it? There's such a weird level of like elitism for this series and I don't get it. Like it's, it's such a weird one. Like, it's just such a weird one to, like it's always like the super mainstream stuff people get really elitist about. It's like, bud, we're all playing the same thing. It's like being elitist over Marvel movies. It's like, bud, my my five year old kid likes the movie. Like and you're not special. No no one care. No one care anymore. That reminds me, I'm on speedrun.com. Let me see. Has anyone submitted a run to the one game that I am a um mod for? Nope. Nope. You've not been yet been overthrown. Nothing. No, no one no one no one rec- or submits runs for carrier. By the way, if you want to get my attention, run do a speed run for carrier. I'll watch it. I'll know who you are. If you want me to know, I ex- if I, you want me to know you exist. Oh no! <laughs> did somebody cheat on the Wonder Swan on Clock Tower to fi- to oust you from uh, first place? No, people people have done it. I just don't care. I don't think I have any. Do I have any world records anymore? No, I've lost all of them, but I don't care. Yeah, some people came out and did it, but I was also really petty when I did those runs, so I don't care as well. Like, Yo. I like being petty, so... <laughs> the
1: person that ousted you in Carrier is Pudding Cup.
0: Yeah, oh, I know. Put So, Pudding did the route. I did the same route as them. We were at the same time, and then Pudding did it again and got first place. I'm like, I'm not really going <laughs> to this again. And then no one else has run it. Uh, that's wonderful, though. Has the other person removed themselves as a mod for this one? Oh, no, they're still on there. But I'm, like, the primary. Because <laughs> they did one, and they're also just a random, like, Japanese VTuber. What's, what anyway. are your feelings on VTubers? Oh, I like. I have a lot of friends who done done VTubing. At first, I was kind of like, "Oh, this is really weeby." But then, like, I kind of looked at it, and some people are like, "Well, one of it's like, you know, you make your own persona for the internet, so why not make what you look like too?" And some people don't want to use their cameras, but they still want something there. And like, I've thought about it too, because sometimes I'm like, I don't want my camera on there, but like, what else? Like, I would want to have the dinosaur I made. So like, there's a bunch of different things that you can do for it and it's just kind of cool in a way that you can like it's also gotten so mainstream now I like the idea that like anyone can just kind of like make an avatar that look that represents them without having to show their face because it kind of brings back that anonymity that we kind of lost in the internet a while. where like everyone had to be like their most like everyone like everyone had to always show their face stuff like that people there's always something where you had to be seen but also as well too like it's good because you can just be seen as what you want or who you want to be and, like, a lot of people I know that do it, too. Like, some people are just, you know, social anxiety, don't want to be seen with that privacy. And other people, too, are friends that are trans. And they're like, oh, I can be who I want. Who, the Me in my head, I can present that to people. Or it's a good way for people to kind of, like, experiment with how they want to be perceived or look. So that's always also been cool mm, as gotcha. well. It's good for identity. Yeah, I've, I've, I think that's um, been exploring. a big driver for sure.
1: I am kind of curious about... um I just find it interesting because, like, the birth of streaming as a whole, you know, sort of the popular mode was no no cam. For a long time, it was just, like, mm-hmm. no cam. You're just playing the game. There's your voice over it. And for a long time, that was good enough. And at some point, basically, when Let's Plays started getting popular with people like PewDiePie and Markiplier, it got, like, super-duper normalized to have a webcam, um, And th- and this was a period mm. where like I c- I kind of bought into it too. Where it's like I'm going to have the webcam because everybody's doing it. This is like the standard layout. This has become standardized. But I never really I don't know if I ever really got it. Like the appeal of having this mm. square of a person sitting there looking at a screen playing a video game. Like sometimes people will be a little bit animated, but at the end of the day, like this isn't you know. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know it's it's sort of just like the same as like a talking head video I feel like I can get more of a personal connection like definitely I see like one of the big things is like a lot of those people you're talking about started doing horror games and people want to see the reaction of people playing something scary and then after a while it became really fake and anything anyway but I think there's that connection especially as it's become more prevalent of people streaming uh it's for me like see once my friends picked up streaming I didn't live in town it was kind of like I was I got that feel of like oh it's kind of like being around them again It's like being with like around that person, which I mean can lead to some weird things of like a lot of like parasocial parasocial uh, relationships and people reading in too much of like friendship with it. But it kind of gives you that feel in a in a sense of like you're there with a buddy, you're there with someone, and you're enjoying it with them instead of just like a random disembodied voice. Which it doesn't always mean people view it that way, but I think that gives people a sense of calmness because they see you. Hmm. Um. I do know for like before like um closed captioning became more prevalent too and like more easily used. I think if people were like hard of hearing and stuff like that, maybe seeing someone talk could, like they could maybe lip reading keep along the lines of stuff. Like there's a lot of stuff a, a, a webcam can do that your voice doesn't always necessarily convey. For me, who's someone who's very monotone, I feel like having my webcam, even if I don't move a lot, my face is more expressive than I think it is, and it can kind of like. It's a little bit more personable. I really just like to have, like, someone to have something that is representative of them on the screen. It's not required, but, like, even if it's just the thing of, like, that's, like, the VTuber, at like, Avatar, it's representative of them. Or just a picture, a little animated GIF. It doesn't even have to be their face or anything. Just, like, something that you can connect to. Hmm. Otherwise, it just kind of feels like a... I can feel like if you don't... If it's just a disembodied voice with nothing like... It, it could just be even as simple as having like an overlay that has something unique to it. Uh, if it's just the gameplay standard with the disembodied voice, nothing else personalized on it, it can just feel like anything. It doesn't always feel like something. Right. Yeah, there should always be
1: some customization. I definitely agree mm-hmm. with that. Um, I, I was just never sure about having the person on cam uh and i've kind of i've kind of grown to like it too because yeah there is if a person is expressive or over time has learned to be expressive (laughs) because they've done it long enough then um it does add value but if you're just you know a a normal person who's not trained to be an entertainer or doesn't typically spend a lot of time entertaining people that isn't necessarily cognizant of how their body is expressing itself while multitasking by playing a video game a lot of times nine nine times out of ten it's gonna be somebody sitting there with a controller in their hand staring at a screen and they'll say some stuff and they'll probably Mm -hmm. more or less stay still anyway because that's how people play games especially Mm -hmm. when they're not broadcasting it but i see the perspectives and i think it's really cool that you've thought that through so much because it is something that i think a lot of streamers consider especially when they're first starting out like do I have a cam or not? Do I do the V2B thing or not? Like understanding the why is important
0: for people. I think a lot of it too comes from, I spend way too much time on Twitch and I'm like constantly online. So that's just all I do all day. I'm like a very, I'm very much a homebody person. And like, I've always just been very connected on internet stuff. I hate, I hate, I'm not a big public interaction person like i don't really like going out that much and like it's gotten worse over time too i'm like i don't really want to go anywhere a lot of it got really bad when i was living in japan i'm like well i don't really want to go out because then i'll have to get anxious about speaking japanese and hoping i'm doing it properly and correctly and i didn't know a lot of people so i just started staying home Mm -hmm. more so like all i do is sit around and think about stuff and like i I just all my like a lot of my friends are online now (laughs) so i just that stuff is always on my head yeah, and it
1: also is a natural progression. Like, a lot of times people move to other parts of the country, so even if you had them close before, mm. they aren't anymore. And it's the beauty of the internet that you can still interact with them in
0: some ways. But, mm. sorry about the creaky chair I was adjusting and I didn't. No, it's fine. Mine's really mine's really loud, too. Mine's a piece of shit, like, racerback chair from Staples I got for 90 bucks. I had a non-gaming chair ordered, like, it was like two, maybe three years ago now. Um, my chair was like kept breaking and i got an i ordered one and it was like 150 or something it was like more of an office chair and it somehow got damaged in transit and got sent back and it was just like it's probably just the box sent it to me like oh no it's already gone and then they refunded it and the price went up so i think it didn't actually get damaged i think they didn't want to sell it to me for the price it was anymore and just recalled like rescinded the order and then refunded it because then the chair doubled in price (laughs) (laughs) so i got this from staples that someone found and it's treated me okay but like I need a new chair so bad, and I hate this chair so much. I just want, like, a comfy chair that's, like, a hundred bucks.
1: I like my chairs, but I always get envious whenever I go in. Like, every, basically every week or every other week, I have one day where I go into the office, and whenever I sit in my office chair, I'm like, oh my god why don't I have this? <laughs> you know, And the answer is because, like, if mm-hmm. I was just a normal person buying that chair, it's like a $700, $800 chair that's meant to be, like, ergonomic and it's designed for you to basically live in it because they know you're sitting there for eight, nine hours a day to work and they sure as hell don't want to get sued because of some injury you sustained because of the bad quality mm-hmm. of their equipment, right? But... Anybody want to buy
0: me a Secret Labs chair? <laughs> is that a... <laughs> is... Secret Labs is like, it's like oh, a I game, know. like yeah. they're gaming chairs, but they're like super comfortable. Everyone's like, this is the nicest chair I've ever had in my life. Um, oh, but they're like, they, they made my roommate's one, the Diva chair. I don't hmm. know if you ever saw that one. They had see, how much? They are had they some Overwatch themed ones. I think I have. When I'm seeing a save up to $205 thing and then a tw- thing that pops off to save $20 in your order, they must cost more. Let's see how much does the Secret Labs chair cost? Shop now. Bring me the fucking website, Secret Labs. Um, five hundred and nineteen. <laughs> Anyone want to buy him the chair? Anybody, guys? You
1: could do it. I know that there's there's out they're out there.
0: You can get them for like as low as like four hundred and fifty. It looks like, but like that's still too much for me. It's like that's like an entire game console. I know it's a chair that will, it's a chair, but like you're gonna price me out of a job trying to get one of these fucking chairs. Yeah, I also
1: heard that because they're like the bucket style design like they're basically mimicking a race chair but that's not actually like good for using a computer like it's not ex- it's not actually mm. helping you all that much in terms of like being good
0: for your back and stuff they are i just want a better chair i just want a new chair i don't even care what it is like just i'm gonna start using a dining room chair at this point <laughs> although my dog would get mad because that's her chair that she sits in I do remember when I sat in this, though, uh,
1: my roommate let me try it out, and it was like, yeah, that feels really comfy, at least for the first few minutes. It's super soft and cushy. Funnily enough, uh, I did recently play some Overwatch. Overwatch 2.
0: How's that going? I heard they got rid of all the free stuff, and you basically everything's monetized now.
1: Yeah, so there is a disgusting amount of bad business practice in the background, which I don't care too much about. The primary way that it affects people is it affects those who didn't play overwatch one for a substantial amount of time i Mm -hmm. forgot that i had played a ton of overwatch back when that came out like it's something that just kind of like i played it a lot and then all of a sudden there was like some patch or something that came out and i just immediately dropped off and never came back But yeah, I had like, I don't know, 100, 120 hours in it. I had plenty of loot boxes that I'd gotten, plenty of skins, and all of the skins were retained, so I don't have to worry about that. All the heroes were retained for me Mm because I owned the original game. If you're a new player coming in, you can no longer buy the original game, which means you don't have the heroes off the bat, so you have to actually unlock the heroes as a new player. Well, you have to unlock all of them? You start with a handful of them. I don't quite know how many. I think like one or two of each class and then the rest of them you have Ew. to like unlock
0: i know it's that bad Ew. yeah
1: um so <laughs> that's going on you also get like the costumes which funnily enough uh they removed at least I, I maybe i'm just misremembering but it looks like they removed a lot of the lower rarity skins entirely i remember having like a whole bunch of Green ones, which are just sort of like recolors of the base skin the the base model skin
0: they might have if they were just they might have if they um changed their character models up enough, but with the other ones, like if they were a special one, like those were already a unique model anyway exactly, yeah, so like I have all my special
1: legendary and epic skins, but anything that was of lower rarity is just sort of gone. did your coins from the previous one transfer over to the new one? Hmm. I didn't really look at those, so I'm not entirely sure. I have no intention of spending a dime on any
0: more skins or content for Overwatch, so it was really just popping in. There's also like different. two or three different types of like currency for the game too. And you don't earn currency anymore, and you don't earn skins anymore. Like I get that it's a free-to-play game now. Whatever happened in the two games coexisting together. Well, which don't get me wrong, was stupid, but <laughs> well, that that's kind of just looking at the core of
1: blizzard's entire model of design philosophy in general if you go even further back than overwatch and you look at something like world of warcraft it took people crying for like 15 years before they made a world of warcraft classic at least with that we can justify it under you know it's a game
0: that was that shit's still so funny to me now because people like played it and they're like there's not a whole lot to do it's like yeah because they had years of content added and they're like well you can't do this yeah that was they literally gave you what you asked for which was the main game with no quality of life improvements because you wanted old World of Warcraft back then they got mad because it didn't have stuff later things had then they're like why are they adding expansions because there's nothing else for you to do bud there's nothing else for you to
1: do right they did the same thing with Warcraft 3 um, so you know I played it and was fine aside from the critical like meltdown crash that it had on one of the hardest levels in the game that kind of ruined it for me but there is no way to play Warcraft 3 legally anymore. If you play Warcraft 3, it's Warcraft 3 Reforged, which means that you're subject to all of their updates. You're subject to all of the bugs that they introduced. You're subject to the different, like, cutscenes and plot elements that they introduced as part of that update. Like, the original game is gone. Mm-hmm. So this is just the way Blizzard works now. Like, they, they completely uh, scorched earth their games where if something new comes out the old thing has to die i don't
0: know why this is their model but I, I don't get the point of like just erasing stuff like just leave that thing there too like it's. i mean it's a very if square enix can do it if square enix can keep around every single version of the shit that they've made like why can't why well, can't blizzard but then again it's blizzard yeah and they're the worst it's
1: it's aggressive and anti-consumer and i'm pretty sure it's largely as just some executive going you know what if they can't play the original game they'll have to buy the new one. Ah, oh, good work good thinking yes yes that will make us so much money
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's why people drop off and they stop getting it. they're like well people weren't interested in it, so we probably shouldn't re-release yeah, anymore clearly stuff. people like, oh, aren't interested in this problem IP.
1: yeah and then of course i, I don't know it's just dumb however as far as overwatch goes it's a very similar game uh in fact there are literally like entire maps that are the exact same game so i heard aren't there like isn't there like just one more map or something so it like one new map i think there might be two there was another one that i didn't recognize but it's possible that came in the original game and i just stopped playing before it released the one that stuck out to me is um what is it lucio's um
0: Map which is like set in U- Brazil, mm. so that one's by the way. That this this reminds me like a game, a new game coming out and kind of being disappointing and not having a lot of new content to it. That reminds me of a game I did play recently. Yeah. I played uh reverse because that finally came out, they delayed it like a year and a half. It was supposed to come out like back last June or July after Village came out. I should have done this during the Resident Evil conversation, but I forgot that I played it. <laughs> but it was that multiplayer yeah. um Resident Evil game that was just a, it's just basically asset flip the game everything's an asset flip there's very little new to yeah, it Oh yeah I remember you mentioned this you were like
1: I'm excited for this even though there's no like reasonable reason to be excited for it
0: Like I wasn't like excited but I'm like this could be interesting cuz I'm like oh they're you know they're going to put more time into it cuz like they released the beta there was one map which was just RPD and you had access to Leon Claire jill and re7 chris i think i think it was just those four characters since then they have added ada chris is now re8 chris who else was that Did they add hunk so you had like maybe hunk was the other one maybe it wasn't chris in the original Maybe it was hunk instead so there's six characters uh they've added the baker's residence as another map so you have the baker's residence and rpd and that's it that's it what like, this was air quotes free with a Resident Evil Village, okay. but they, like, delayed it a year to keep working on it. They In that span, they added two more characters, one more map. Their roadmap says one more map is coming, <laughs> and two more survivor characters, which must be probably Carlos and um, Ethan or something. It'll be something like that. It'll be, like, two more things, because they're just acid-flipping things they had. And I think the the extra map is going to be based off, like, the main square of the of Village's Village. And, like, that's it. And there's, like, a ton of skins they're adding. There's a battle pass. There's, like, you can, I think, earn points by playing with randoms and then unlock stuff, but it's, like, a lot of high value. It's, like, so shittily monetized. And, like, I think they might even be selling experience boosters and stuff. But there's no content to the game. I played this with Brogan. It was, like, me, Brogan, Pasta Demon, and, like, three other people in her community because it's up to upwards of six people for matches. And there's this, like I saw the entire, what the entire game had to offer in 30 minutes, like playing with a couple different characters, trying the two different maps and like playing all the different, because like you play the game when you're a survivor, you have like two abilities that are on cooldowns. You have two guns to start. You can find guns around the map that are all usually like single shot things like a single shot grenade, a single shot, something else. Like it's all stuff like that. And you pick up virus capsules. Each va- each capsule you get, you can carry two, and they change. Like when you get killed as a survivor, you come back as an as like um an a villain character, or an enemy. Which you're if you don't have any capsules, you are a molded like a fat molded enemy, and, and like you go and try and kill everyone else. Like you just you die twice. It's a weird scenario, my setup. If you get two, or if you get one, I think you come back as Jack Baker. Um, if you have two, then I think. You come back as a gamma hunter from RE3 remake, and like I think if you keep doing these and keep killing enemies, you also can become nemesis or a uh, Mister X type uh, um, tyrant mode. And like you just it's you once you have played as all of these, you have seen everything the game has, and there's very clear cut characters that are better than others. Like Chris, they gave him a move that makes him invincible for like I think five to ten seconds which can be upgraded because the characters can be upgraded with perks and then his other one is did you play the dlc to seven replay is um joe baker okay you know that gauntlet he gets yep so chris has that and he has a boulder punch move so you can go invincible and then punch someone with the boulder punch and kill them and he's just like overly broken (laughs) (laughs) and like so he's the only one really worth playing as and like doesn't mean you'll necessarily win because like i never won any matches but like you can go invincible, punch someone, and down them into a, a molded or whatever or whatever they're gonna come back as, and then kill them again. Like it's it's so fucking broken, and like the audacity of Capcom to take to delay the game a year and a half, lock it behind a sixty dollar purchase. It's not. I thought they. I thought they. They should release it free to play if they're gonna do it like this. It's locked behind a. $6 purchase, which are now I think the gold edition is 50 So now you spend 50 bucks and you get it. And then adding a battle pass and more monetization to it. And there's no fucking content. And this is hot off the heels of them making Resident Evil Resistance, where they did the same thing and then just, like, forgot that game existed. And they have done more for, like, representation of their franchise and doing stuff and, like, having better content available in a competitor's product than their own there is it's better to buy the content for resident evil for dead by daylight because you'll get your money's worth more over in that than it is in their own games and i'm just like why are you doing why are you bothering to make these games why are you making multiplayer resident evil when you don't seem to care it gets so cynically made it is bizarre um
1: also (laughs) to put in perspective i own this i just didn't know i did
0: so mm-hmm. I mean if you bought Village, it came with Village. Yeah. So everyone had it, but like everyone forgot it was coming out. And everyone th- I just figured they were gonna cancel it. I'm like, why don't they just cancel it and put the, the effort into the DLC? Even though there's probably different teams working on it. But like why don't they just like cancel it and like if they're not gonna do it right, just cancel it. They could have even just put the survivors and or the maps from Resistance into the game, because that's it's it's an asset flip game. It's just the assets move like you know, edited a little bit for multiplayer from their other re engine games and they didn't even do that it's just it's so it's just a head scratcher like why does this exist right i mean i'm even confused looking at
1: like how come it looks worse than the games that they
0: came from oh so so they have a really weird like filter over it which i think you can turn off because after a while I'm like, oh, my god this looks awful i'm like oh yeah there's some weird like checkerboard or like comic book looking filter on it so it doesn't look like a straight flip but it makes it look worse Think you can turn it off though. I just like I had played enough and I'm like, well, eh, gotcha. Whatever.
1: Well, that's a shame. It was kind of an expected shame. We knew that it was probably going to be a disaster between delays and also just looking at what was trickled out ahead of time and being like, yeah,
0: we know that this it is, is just like my a expectations. My expectations were so low they didn't exist and yet I am still disappointed. <laughs> that's insane.
1: Yeah, it's um it sucks when they do that. And it sucks yeah. when Blizzard does it too in Overwatch. So it just seems to be the year for big triple A's being
0: lazy. Um It's just like it's just reinforcing my 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 opinion that like multiplayer games are not worth my time cuz every time my new one comes out I'm like so I going to be heavily monetized or just like so lazily made. I'm like I'm not going to enjoy it, which sucks cuz I really don't have anything to play with friends cuz like, I most of my a lot of my Twitch friends are big into Resident Evil, so they're like, oh, Resident Evil multiplayer game is perfect for us. It's boring. And, like, I don't play Dead by Daylight. I don't play Call of Duty. So, like, there's no, no co-op games and no multiplayer games for me to play anymore. So I've just been, like, in my RPG single-player hole for life now, I guess.
1: I mean, I kind of feel the same way. I, you know, I have a handful of games that I did play with my friends. So I played, for a long while, Call of Duty Warzone, which I know seems out ad- of seemed out of character for me but it is what i was doing with them as like my multiplayer thing
0: no and... the thing that's out of character for me that of that you that you do i thought was smite and i was like that really threw me off I really no you because like i don't know just looking at you i'm like this is the guy that probably be like mobas are inherently terrible for the entire world to engage in but no you're just like no i used to make videos for the lore of smite <laughs> like oh it got me with I the uh,
1: it, it got me with the the mythology man because i was a big mythology nerd i love like looking into greek and egyptian and um all those mythologies uh a long time ago they the impressions games guys i don't know if you ever played those they made a whole bunch of city builders themed mm-hmm. around like certain uh time periods so you could build like the egyptian stuff and the the greek stuff and the roman stuff and i loved those games and i played them so much that they basically were how i first learned about a lot of those concepts mm. which i then ended up digging into like the you know that's the only it city builder like...
0: ever really played was um roller coaster tycoon that's a nice city
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's the closest i get to it. i mean it's the same
0: general idea for cut for like like gameplay But, like, that's all I've ever played. Yeah. I like Roller Coaster Tycoon. The only
1: problem is that I'm a big fan of the management end of a lot of these kind of games. And Roller Coaster Tycoon is very much like, you can play it that way. But in most cases, you're doing it wrong if you're not making custom coasters where people sank, you know, would sink hours and hours just designing their coaster to be extremely complex or match a
0: certain thing i would try to make something. it so that my um, roller coaster shot off into a ramp and i would try and figure out where it was gonna land so i could put like a gigantic like pool of water there and every time i would launch it it would go somewhere else i'm like i just wanted them to land in the water and drown like but... <laughs> let them <laughs> let me, <drown. laughs> let, me fi- let me let me like engage with this slightly sociopathic thing that i'm <laughs> trying to do here please <laughs> why won't you let me be evil why won't you die just like <laughs> they're like well they they exploded into the ground i'm like but i wanted them to drown <laughs> it's not the right kind <laughs> this is not satisfying you have you have deceived me
1: uh i i don't know i played a lot of those sim games the thing is this is also literally a um
0: like a pc versus console focused divide because it's something yeah, I mean, like I didn't have a PC. I didn't have a PC that could like play games. Like we had Roller Coaster Tycoon expansion pack, and I had to borrow the disc of Roller Coaster Tycoon to install it so I could use my expansion pack disc to boot the game up. Right. Meanwhile, sim games were like the main thing you
1: played on PC. So like I grew up mm-hmm. from the perspective of like, okay, Mech Warrior, which is technically a sim of being a member of a clan who rides around in a mech with missile pods and you know adjusting your radiators or whatever then you know i get stuff like sim copter where it's like simulating being in a helicopter and sim safari where i have to manage a safari park while also making sure that this local village of african people doesn't die of dehydration i, I don't know that was a, that was a weird one and then, like, yeah, there was just, like, infinite amounts of these games, so this was, like, what took up a lot of my time until I got a PS2, since as much as I loved the N64, I could only get so many games, they were basically rationed to me by my parents, and also the N64 had a shockingly small library
0: compared to, compared to the PS2. N64 had total 388 games across all regions. Yeah, pretty pathetic. Yeah, yeah, considering the PS1 had, like, I think, near a thousand? yeah and the the worst part
1: is a lot of them were sort of like third-party ports so Mm -hmm. you know the majority of what i ended up actually owning on the n64 was like uh, 10 games if i could have bought every n64 game i actually enjoyed and had played it would probably been more like 20 there were like another 10 Mm. games there that i never owned because i just
0: blockbustered them I think I have, like, about 42 carts now. Three of them are, like, Japanese copies of games I have in English now. Because when I bought them, I didn't have them. But, like, only, like, maybe five of those. Upwards of to five of those were what I had through at least high school. I had, like, yeah, so, like, most of my cartridges, like, I have 40-something, like, around 40 now. Those all came from, like, the past couple of years. Either like or like, you know, since high school people are like, oh here's the here's my games I want anymore, and they give me like three or four games or someone I buy them, someone sent me some. And like it's just weird that my collection has grown out well well far outside of that Let me generation, see. especially with uh PS one games. My PS one collection's huge now. Let me
1: see how much of that original collection probably matched mine. Super Mario sixty four. I did not have that one. Whoa, what?
0: How? I have I have it now. Well, I rented it. Oh, okay. Or I borrowed it from someone. So like a lot of things, like I bought or rented things, and then when you beat them or got so far, you're like, okay. And like I got it later in life, like I have it now. But like a lot of those came, I probably got those like you know that like ten years ago. Whereas oh. like in high school, I had um snowboard kids two, Paper Mario. I bought Resident Evil two from someone in high school. What else did I fucking have? I have to pull up my list of N64 games because I don't even remember what I currently own and have them. <laughs> I have about 30, sorry, not 40. I have, like, 30. So I had... which Even this feels wrong. I feel like I have more than this. I had Snowboard Kids 2, Resident Evil, Paper Mario. I think, actually... The, oh, and uh, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. That's why I didn't think about them, because they, they were given to me by oh, someone else. Oh, my God. And I just never counted them.
1: <laughs> so you had three real games, and then two mm-hmm. kind of filler, uh, you know, Hey, welcome to my house. Do you like video games? Sure do you like cool ones no
0: good well we have jeopardy and wheel of fortune for you well it's like someone gave me those i never really considered much about them because i'm like whatever like they just exist looks like but you like have a stream in your future <laughs> and i mean i played Wheel of fortune and uh-huh. i played both of those on stream for something before i'm like oh these are hella boring now i really want to go through and look at my cartridges and see which ones i'm missing from this list because like I swear I had upwards of forty. Do I do I have Kirby on this list? No, I do not. I do not have Kirby. I do not have Bomberman on this. Okay, I did not. I have not updated this anytime recently. Like I thought I did.
1: It's kind of funny that you mentioned the rental is why you didn't own thing though, because for me, mm. so generally a game was in rental status if like I tried it and I was like, all right, and I made it like three levels in and I was like, oh no, I got stuck. And then I'd return it, and I, I would never, like, go back and buy or re-rent. Like, generally, that was mm-hmm. it for my experience, unless I, would like, really, really enjoyed it. But in most cases, if I got far enough in a game where I officially beat it from a rental, my next step was going, okay, well, since I liked it enough to beat it, I should probably have this. So that was generally my logic. That's what happened with Kingdom Hearts, where I beat it. Everything except the secret fight against Sephiroth, and that's when I was like, I'm going to buy this so I can beat Sephiroth, and then I did, and then I spent far too much of the following few months trying to do that fight without leveling up, because I was very, very uh, opposed
0: to grinding.
1: (laughs) I think I was like level 53 in game, and that's a fight you're Mm. supposed
0: to do when you're like level 80. Yeah, I never bothered with those, I was just like, this is too much for me, I'm not doing this. (laughs) Um it's kinda of funny it's it's like a badge of honor
1: to try and beat things under leveled. I remember doing that with uh Eternal Ring as well, where I was technically underleveled for the final boss fight and the final section because FromSoft decided it was a good idea to just not scale the game properly, so there's just you know, you go from the last area which was easy as hell, to hey, uh now everything requires you to be twenty levels higher, good luck. I don't remember them really doing that in Dark Souls, but like they they seem to get their pacing down eventually. But they, mm. they have you
0: played Elden Ring yet? Uh, yeah,
1: on the PS2. No real Elden Ring. I never actually ended up getting it. Um, I played it on my friend's system, but haven't gone back to it
0: since. Yeah, it's it's a game that was very bloated. That any game that goes open world, that the series was not open world, or you know the co- the company had not done it before. And I mean, let's be honest. I know it's not. The same series as Dark Souls, but they're all the same progression of that, right? Um, but any series that was not previously open world that goes open world, very, very infrequently, I'm like, oh, they made a good choice making this open world. I can see that this was better than 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 them making a single contiguous world that you just go through. that's streamlined, you know, you know, or at least you know, somewhat linear that actually works out, right? And like. Yeah, like because um, my one of the pan like I one of the most the most recent game I've been playing lately is um Star Wars Six: The Divine Force, and I'm like oh my god because like they kept talking about like oh you know run around go any you go go anywhere go anywhere in 360 degrees because like you have a jetpack like thing in that I'm like oh my god this can be fucking open world it's gonna be awful thankfully it is not it is just large open areas that you can like run through, which gives that it kind of gives the same feel as the old PS one game. Instead of there being, like, a big open world, it's just, like, big zones you can run through. And that's kind of how each continent field are felt in, like, the PS1 game for Star Ocean, where it was just, like, a big um, open area for that that had, like, a few towns. And then 3 was more of, like, different areas you visited, and that's how 4 was as well. And I'm like, thank God this company did not just go, you know what, we're going open world this time around, because that would have just fucking killed it. <laughs>
1: What's interesting, I was actually thinking on this a while because I know that I go on my open world rant pretty much every podcast and I don't want to do that this time, but I did just kind of think on it and I was like, open world as a concept has been around for a very long time and it was just a recent trend where they decided that there's a term for it. Like, mm. um, if I was to cite a good open world game that I actually personally enjoyed, I go Jack 2. It's an open world game. They literally, mm. lo- they looked at GTA, which was one of the first open world games, and said, we want to be more like GTA.
0: Remember, open world, the, the term for it used to be called a GTA clone.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was... Or what... a
0: sandbox game, and now that's
1: like, they've dropped those terms, and now it's open world. Right, but they're always trying to do the same thing. It's always just, the the real underlying word is, this game is bigger that's all mm-hmm. that open world or GTA clone or sandbox means. It means this game is
0: bigger than the other games you've played. Yeah. and like The world itself is bigger, but it doesn't necessarily mean there's more content in it. It just means there's more places right. and sometimes more shit to pick up, but not actually a lot of content. Right.
1: And I think we, that we've gone well past the sweet spot where it makes sense. Like, Jack mm-hmm. two, I, I cited Jack 2 because I thought that was kind of at sort of the right balance of, like, there's a bunch of stuff to do, but it's not overly distracting. It all feels still cohesive to the world, and as you're passing through that world, everything seems to feel alive and makes sense. There is a little bit of gating, so it's not, like, just here's the world, go do literally whatever, because gating is part of good design. If you don't have mm. a way of blocking the person from going to the other side of the map, there's a chance they'll feel overwhelmed and get lost and then start to hate the game because they're like, well, what was I supposed to do? Because clearly it wasn't this. There's always some intent in design, and if you make an open world where it's like none of that's there, then it's just, it's just kind of a blah. The only place where it kind of worked was Minecraft because well that was designed to be like 100% player guided. Like the player just creates the world mm. around them. So of course that's it makes sense for that to be a sandbox and open world cuz none of it should have any like there doesn't need to be lore for the player to to make a Lego house. Mm. Um but most games don't work that way. So I did hear recently from someone talking on this subject and saying that there seems to be a trend down from this that um, mm-hmm. is largely stemming from, like, indie games sort of coming in and slicing up the profit margins of bigger companies and them going, hmm, maybe all of the resources that we're spending on making games bigger isn't actually paying off.
0: Like, because, like, Ari... No, I'm not Ari. I'm, I'm stuck in that mode. Final Fantasy VII Remake did not go the open-world route, and it still was, like a decent sized game. Like there's open areas you can go through, but like they didn't go the open world route and they were still very successful. So obviously things don't need to be open world. Like it's the, the idea that things had to be or need to be like to move to that design is still, I feel like such a false dichotomy. A, a, yeah. False fallacy. Cause they really don't, they don't need to be like that.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I just hope that the buzzword drops off. And that they just be honest with themselves that all they're saying is that their game is big. And then start to, you know, when that doesn't sell people on it, mm-hmm. you know, maybe understand that that's not all there is to what people are looking for in the game. Like, it, mm. anyway, <laughs> welcome to... Uh, Closed Worlds. That, that's the name of our podcast now, because I, I, I feel like I always talk that about it. That just
0: makes it sound like a bunch of like, it doesn't help having a, a, a podcast called Closed Worlds, which is just me and you two like almost like 30 ish old white guys in the Midwest. <laughs> like, well, I, I don't really like a lot of change. Like my world closed off. It's just like, the <laughs> like are we going to turn to a conservative <laughs> podcast just complaining about <laughs> everyone else that? now? yeah man i'm not open to anything
1: shapiro i hate new ideas um i would really prefer it if there was no other countries but mine and uh video games should all be owned by one company because Mm -hmm. like diversity of of like video games would be kind of horrible right like I want to know that when I play a video game next year, it's going to be the game I played this year.
0: It's like, I don't know if you ever saw Parks and Rec, they had Verizon, Chipotle, Exxon, and that was like one of the the country's six remaining companies, but it was like all one company. I think you've talked about this one, right? Like yeah, was... that's like, it was like Veroxoddle, and that was Verizon, Chipotle, Exxon, like <laughs> merged, and like, proud to be one of America's six companies, like this is what gaming's going to nowadays. But speaking of Sp- Star Ocean, though, I can talk about that because I've been playing it. Yeah, sorry, I know that I can derail this from good... there. No, no, but... no, 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 it's fine. I'm, I'm, I live to derail people. Um, <laughs> but no, I have got Star Ocean: The Divine Force, which I've been looking forward to. i haven't been, I don't get excited for many things, uh, like game wise anymore, because it's just like I look at them like, oh, look a copy paste thing. But I've been excited for Xenoblade Chronicles three this year, which I already got, and then Star Force or Star Ocean: The Divine Force, which I got became a huge Star Ocean fan this year after like trying it last year and being like, I don't know about this. And then this year I'm just like, this is my sexual identity. Now this is how I oriented It is star ocean. Have I told you about our Lord and savior star ocean? I would like to talk to you about it. And like all, that's all I, that's all I think about now. Um, but no, I got this one. It's been fun. Um, after like I played the remake of the first game cause we never got the super Nintendo game, but I just got that. I'm going to get a translation patch on it and finally play the original version. I played, First Departure, which is a remake of 1, then I played Second, Evolu- Second Story, which was the original PS1 version of 2, then I played Till the End of Time, which was 3, and then I played um, Last Hope International. I didn't play 5 on stream, because that's where... I don't know if you remember, during the PS3 and 360 era, like RPGs just either weren't being made by big, comp- big companies, were changed significantly by big companies to the point of where like no one really like liked them anymore... Or like you had to go to like a smaller company like NIS or at the time Atlas and stuff to even get a JRPG. Do you remember that time period? I do. That's the reason
1: why I never like got into those consoles. I was a PC mm. gamer through that entire generation because of the lack of RPGs, which was a genre. I, you know, that mm. was my genre. So it was like, all
0: right, well, you had to like go like either handheld or a small company, and sometimes both in right. some matters, or just to get a JRPG during that, or be aware and, of
1: like the nun, the the weird ones that chose an odd platform like lost odyssey for the
0: 360 where it's like this doesn't mm. make sense that this is well, here. It, th- those existed because microsoft's like we will give you money to make games guy who made final fantasy he's like i would like that very much thank you <laughs> um but star ocean faithlessness and integrity which is such a name uh, it's the fifth game in the series that came out it was a ps3 and ps4 game and through the ps3 era is when square enix decided which a lot of Japanese companies decided they're like Japanese developers can't make things anymore. So we're going to outsource them or like, you know, start working with our Western studios more, which is funny. Square Enix saying that because they more recently didn't about face like, Oh, actually we don't want our Western companies. We want to make NFTs and Japanese games again. But there's, um, it came out during that time where like Square Square Enix was not giving money to anything. So like star ocean five, like playing it, like you play four. And some people don't like it because it's very anime compared to other ones. Even though they're all fucking anime as shit. I don't know what people are talking about. Um, but um, after that one, like, they, felt it still sold fairly well. And then 5 came out, and that was when Square Enix like, now you guys have to make whatever you can. So, like, the game, 5 barely has any cutscenes to it. I'm talking about, like, actual cutscenes. There is a space battle that takes place in a ship. Guess where your camera perspective is? Uh... Your camera perspective is, like, behind the captain are like it will sometimes shift shift around in real time so like the camera will move in real time to go zoom in on another npc's face while they're talking about the spaceship battle and you just have to kind of picture it because they don't show it because that's how bad their budget was slashed so like the game is a lot of like think don't show and like there's such weird things like there's barely any like blocked out cutscenes there's like i think maybe three or four cgi cutscenes in the entire game the game even opens not with a cgi cutscene it goes from like a bird's eye view and zooms in on to on your main character and his friend having like a mock battle and it's just so low budget and it kind of put people off the series for a while well this this new one came out and they kind of like did like a complete 180 and like it's almost like the quality is so much higher this time around. I've been very happy with it because now instead of like running around in like a very what looked like a very nice PS2 game, it looked worse than the fourth game. I don't know how they did it. And what sucks is it has some cool characters in it, like a really cool like I like the main character. I like some of the party members. It has a very horny looking witch designed character who's actually a normal person and not horny at all. But they've like seemingly come back from. Square Enix not caring about their properties to now really caring about their their, their Japanese ones. I'm really hoping this game does well because it's kind of a big return to form. And I've been, I think I have about 15 hours in it. I'm really excited to keep going through it. It even brought back having two protagonists with two points of view on the story. Um, in the second game, you had two main characters. And, like, it's the same story. But depending on who you picked, you'd have different party members that could join... Um, when the character split off, someone's like, oh, I'm going to go take care of this. I'll be right back. And like in one scene and two, the main character, if you pick Claude, who is from another, like he's your alien character from out of space. That's like you're, and when you have his point of view, he goes off and tries to make calls for SOS on his like intergalactic phone, because it's kind of like Star Trek when on an underdeveloped world. So you go do that. And then if you, but you don't, you know, you don't know what the other people are doing. Well, if you play as Reina, who is the other character, you see her go out and see him, looking at something she's like what the hell is he doing because she doesn't know any of the stuff because she's from the, the underdeveloped planet well they brought like that's what's in six so like i'm playing as the space guy right now and then i'll play through it again later as the the woman from the planet and you get two different perspectives for the same story i've even had a point where like they split up the party so i'll get to see what she was doing that during that time so it's like a lot of like everything that everyone liked about the, the series for the most part in the new game I can talk about Star Ocean forever. That is my new hyper. That is my current <laughs> hyperfixation. That and Xenoblade I can talk about a lot. I was going to say
1: like between this and Xenoblade, which one which one is like the king still for you?
0: They're very different things. It's um it they're they're way too different for me to be like one's better than the other or anything like that. Like Star Ocean deals more with like it merely depends on the one for that. Xenoblade is more of I don't know how to describe the way Monolith and Tri Ace do things are very different while they're both being they, their approach to sci-fi mixed with fantasy is very different. And there's really not a whole lot of other series out there that are like that. And like there's almost very few like RPG style ones that have any sci-fi elements at all. And those are like the two that exist. There might be like one more someone's like, actually like then tell me what it is. Now. Tell me what it is then. Fantasy. But I can't pick one I like more than the other. Final Fantasy doesn't It does and doesn't, but, like, the sci-fi elements aren't, like... But that I mean, like, involve, like... Final Fantasy sci-fi elements are a lot more secondary to anything else. They'll be like, oh, we have Magitek armor. But, like, that's as far as they go. And it's not really considered otherworldly or different for that world. Like, all that stuff makes sense within the world, and they don't go to usually... With the exception of 8, they don't go to outer space, stuff like that. Like, there's not as much... It's different how they approach it. It's too organic to the world, whereas, like, Star Ocean and Xenoblade, things are obviously not of that world, and that's the mysteries behind that stuff. Whereas Final Fantasy, it's all just kind of, like, folded in or, like, glossed over, or it's just not important. Mm. Okay. Also, Final Fantasy's bland, so... <laughs> wow. Someone does not I mean, like is. the big popular things
1: anymore. It is bland these days. I still really like, I mean, like the classic Xenoblade
0: Final is the most popular Nintendo JRPG, and it's one of the biggest series that they have currently. That's they're like a newer IP, so I I don't think it's not liking the new, I don't think it's me not liking mainstream stuff. It's just Final Fantasy is comfort food, it very rarely does anything provocative nowadays. Nowadays, it's most certainly. provocative thing. And they're like, our main character is a man like uh, okay and they're like and um, it's an action RPG that, like we've seen this one before they're like have we shown you the woman with the big breasts yes you have shown us her <laughs> it's okay to show again but like they're just like kind of like limping out to the barn. like 16 looks great but it's like okay so you're just being regressive like the, the most interesting thing about the new one coming out is it's the combat's like full on action developed by the per like well, work- the guy that did Devil May Cry 5's combat is working on it and that's that where it's like, so it's starting to become not Final Fantasy anymore, huh? I mean, okay. when's the last time that Final Fantasy was truly Final Fantasy? If you want to boil Honestly, it that way. The way that people talk about it, nine, maybe ten. Once they like went off and they're like like seven was kind of the start of them being like, Well, what if it wasn't actually fantasy? Or what if we broadly take the idea of fantasy is just not reality or not what's right. or what we consider real? And then eight took that a little bit more. And then nine's like, what if it was fantasy fantasy? And then this is <laughs> one back. Wait, we're gonna and then ten's like, like, what if we had underwater sports? And we're like, okay. Yeah. And then like, what if it was fantasy again, but online with friends? Or like, okay. And then twelve's like, what if it was Star Wars fantasy? You're like, okay. Right. And then thirteen's like,. Please like this woman. We want her to be like Cloud, but a woman. She's woman cloud. That's literally what they said. And we're like, eh, I don't know about that. And then they kept shoving her down our throats. Then like, what if we made online again, but bad killed it and brought it back in good? And some people I've been trying to play fourteen. It's like it's all right. The Ill Realm is really boring. And then fifteen's like, what if it was a boy band? Okay. Yeah. So like it's it yeah. really depends. Where did it stop? I feel like 9 or 10 is where it stopped being I can agree. what people consider Final Fantasy.
1: It's hard for me to weigh in because my first Final Fantasy was 10. So I want to say 10 was the last time that it was actually Final Fantasy because that's the one that I have
0: nostalgia for. 12, I'd I would say most people agree with that. Most people would agree with that. Some people might be like, well, 12 feels like it. It's just a little different because it feels like an action game, but it's not. Yeah, 12's different enough that I could say it's
1: not re- like you could take the Final Fantasy name off of 12 and it wouldn't really like
0: you could sell it as a different game and you wouldn't know the difference. I think if it's one of those if you take the name off it and it's still it would you could sell it as a different thing without knowing it was a Final Fantasy like of course like you'd have to change maybe like you know the names of stuff in it. I think 10 is where it started to do that where if 10 was called like Blitzball Adventure Time or something you could probably be like okay this if you someone didn't know it was Final Fantasy they might not might not if they don't know all the hallmarks of it but 12 definitely could have been a new IP. Right. 13 and... for sure could have had any name. I think if it wasn't called Final Fantasy people would have like a, a pre, like liked it a lot more. I agree.
1: Like that's that's the like I think Square is too locked into their IP to have the breathing or like like just be like this crazy idea what if we didn't put any restrictions on ourselves and just made a game
0: i'd like to say that they're averse to it but they've actually released a lot of new IPs they're a lot smaller but they've actually been i'd say maybe this year alone they probably released five new IPs or they will have released about five new IPs in their own like in, in their RPG genre cuz like you at least have Triangle Strategy is, is the new IP technically. Right. I was going to say distinguishing um, as something they developed versus something they published because I know
1: that they've gone all in. I on... mean,
0: these are all these are all Square Enix games like they okay. they own they might not have developed them in-house but they it, they own the IP not just a we're putting this out. So like Triangle Strategy, it's a follow-up in a way to Octopath but it's not Octopath. It's its own thing. Um Diofield Chronicles, which was another tactics-like game which I got a code for and I still need to play um harvestella which is a farming rpg style game coming out and then a a game called various daylife which has the worst name in the world that just came out and i feel like there's another one they've been releasing like something like every two weeks and it's so hard to catch up they've gone so hard this year on like releases those are all like handheld or like you know smaller release stuff not big budget ones but it's still like they are putting out new things that are not connected to each other It's not like Mario's farming Sim, it's uh, its own thing.
1: Right. I do wish that they'd give the big budget risk. I realize why they don't, but, like, imagine if Harvest Stella had the big AAA Square Enix budget in it, so that it was actually, like, handled as a, you know, at the same level as, like, a Final Fantasy, just
0: with farming. What... Which I think at that point that would be a complete waste because like, do you need that huge of a budget for a farming sim? Because I... I feel like it comes into what like you're trying to make. It's like making a blockbuster movie versus like a popcorn flick or like a like a comedy. Like, are you gonna really put billions of dollars into making a comic mo- or like a comedy movie?
1: I think I would like to see what would happen. Uh just what would happen if you had you know. A billion dollars to make the perfect farming game. Because we're talking mm. about this isn't a new concept. We've actually seen tons of um tons of situations where they'll take a basic um genre and be like, let's let's put a high budget twist on that. Westwood did a perfect job of that with the RTS genre when they created stuff like Command and Conquer and Red Alert, where they spent tons of money. On the production of actually having like lore and a story and actors in live-action filming to just kind of buffer the missions. But if you asked anybody, did you did you want or or need a story for your RTS before that moment? The answer probably would not have been yes. They would have been like, just give me the strategy. I want. I just want to like beat the computer at being smart. Then they introduce these high-budget elements, and it's like, well, while it may not have been necessary, it defined it in my memory as, like, this is super cool. Like, it's just such... so unusual, so different from what I expected or what I would have mm. thought to make. And that's the thing. Like, these days, I see these games coming out that are sort of these, these indie mechanical things, and a lot of times it's just like, let's take farming butt and then, you know, put a tiny twist on it. But it's never... It's never something so defining that it redefines the genre, right? That, that happens mm-hmm. very rarely. I'm happy to like see started. a lot of farming games coming out. I'm curious to see how this evolves. I,
0: I hope people who like cozy farming sims are excited and aren't just going to be like, well, I'm just going to play Stardew Valley because I told my girlfriend, I'm like, here's a bunch of more farming game comes out. She's like, hmm, but I really like Stardew Valley, though. <laughs> like, I feel like that's going to be an issue is if they're not better than Stardew Valley or can pull people away from it. We might have too many cozy farming sims coming out oh we definitely have too
1: many and many of them are going to fail and die that's just Mm -hmm. kind of the the way it works just as long as one of them brings something to the table that's actually
0: unique and not just harvestella has my attention but like it's not something i'm gonna buy day one right like i thought
1: sakuno was interesting until it was balls mm. hard like that was an incredibly difficult game which is why i never finished it but it was interesting that there was farming in that and alongside what was sort of a an odin sphere style
0: combat system mm-hmm. i was just trying to think of what else was coming out this year and i just remembered i'm like oh yeah i bought bayonetta 3 but i haven't opened it i heard good things
1: it's, i also i mean i heard, I've heard
0: controversial it's... things on twitter about stuff that doesn't matter but I heard you guys didn't really touch on it too much about it. Um, But the big takeaway on that was Helena Taylor, who voiced Bayonetta, came out and was like, they offered me basically nothing for the, like, to come back for the role. And she felt, you know, what we all felt was like understandably upset that they wouldn't, you know, pay her to come back. And like, we're like, oh shit. And then Hideki Kamiya decided he was angry, but he went on like, he's very xenophobic and racist. (laughs) And he went on a big rant about stuff, which ended up getting him suspended from Twitter for a while. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, Jason Schreier, who I don't know if he does or did work at Kotaku at some point, th- basically the only investigative journalist that we have in like the gaming industry, he's like found some stuff. She's lying. She actually was offered more, but like it's not the whole story. He verifies it because he usually he doesn't put out a thing if he's not confident in it. And he's like, well, usually Jason Schreier right. So like, so eventually it comes out. She said she was only offered $4,000. She was offered $4,000 per session for four to five sessions for the game, but she wanted like a six-figure salary and like residuals from the game. Not saying she's not worth money or no one is worth that amount for voice acting because this could have been a very good time that voice actors were because they've been trying to get better pay and better like benefits, stuff like that for a long time. Um, but I think she set everyone back about ten years on this because um I don't think she understands how not as big Bayonetta is. Like we all know it as a big game because we know Bayonetta, we like it, and it's like Nintendo's been pushing it, but it's still fairly niche. It's not Devil May Cry, it's still fair like they anytime a Bayonetta game comes out the first two games have to come with it. When Bayonetta 2 came out, they had to bundle it with the first game. When they announced Bayonetta 3 for Switch, they had to re-release the first and second game on Switch again. Just so people would could catch up. And people a lot of people didn't even know the game was coming out, which ended up her having starting controversy actually made the game more popular. And she also in the process of doing that attacked Jennifer Hale for taking over her role. <laughs> Yeah. So it was a huge shit show. And I'm like, when I went, like, initially I was like, mm, it's really weird that Jennifer Hale would take over if she knew that, that, like, you know, Helena Taylor was being so poorly represented, treated, like, you know, whatever that. But once I found out that she was just lying about the whole scenario, the $4,000 she was offered was for a cameo role later in the game just to get her back at all after they recast, her, recast the character as Jennifer Hale. So There's just been such a shitstorm where nobody wins in this scenario. Voice actor's been put back like several several years and trying to make any headway which now people anytime someone's like you know i didn't get paid enough for my role i want more everyone's gonna think they're lying now right and then turns out jennifer or um turns out helena taylor is a giant transphobe and um what and anti-choice all that whatever your politics are on things i'm not gonna get too deep into it but she wanted people to boycott the game and put money into certain charities that she was pushing one of them was an American company that makes those very, like, they're the ones that, like, make the the billboards for anti abortion billboards, stuff like that, which I don't, again, I'm not going to end the politics of it, but the ones that are, like, very, they're the ones that are very manipulative on how they do stuff and use misinformation. So it's like, that's kind of shitty that you'd want people to put money into that. So, like, it's, it, it was weird because she's British. Like, why is she even affiliated with that group? Like, it's it's such a weird, it's, it's such a weird fucking situation. Right. At the end and, of the day, oh, good. I was like, so it's been really weird. But like, her like going on that, especially being transphobic, has made people support other people in the cast. Like, there's a character named Viola who is a Twitch streamer as well, or does stream. Kind of just make like raising money out of spite almost for like trans lifeline. For people after all this so it's been like such a weird whirlwind that now i just don't even care to play the game anymore like i'm just so averse to wanting to do anything with the bayonetta franchise anymore that i have a collector's edition of it just sitting in the other room that i don't even want to open
1: what i've heard described to me is that bayonetta 3 is to bayonetta 2 what devil may cry 5 was to devil may cry 4
0: like i've heard it's good yeah it's just like after all that, after all that, the thing It's just like I just don't. Uh, my interest and in, like excitement for the game is so gone from the back and forth. And just also, too, like part of it, too, like Hideki Kamiya being such a shithead in the pro, which we've already known he's been like that. I feel like this is going to kill Platinum a little bit between this and Babylon's Fall. I think all of this has done nothing but cause harm to like just the gaming industry in general.
1: I mean, to me, there's several pieces of this. Uh, I don't remember what specifically I might have said on this during my cast with Ken. I think some of these are points that I've already mentioned, but just like, Mm. uh, yeah, when it comes to doing business with a company as an individual, regardless of your politics or perspectives or whatever, uh, it's usually a really bad idea to outsource the the conversation that you're having with that company to Twitter to just be mm-hmm. like, I'm going to involve a bunch of my fans or strangers. Like it's basically, it's a, it's a, a deliberate act of aggression to that company to go mm-hmm. look at all these people. I'm going to hold you hostage with my power.
0: And it's, it's just also like, like, don't like, I was so confused. Cause I'm like, why would she lie about this stuff? That's jeopardizing her career. Because, like, you know, people who want to have a job usually don't bite the hand that feeds them that much if they know that what they said can be verified. Like, don't say things online if they can be verified against what you're saying very easily. Like, make sure you're right. (laughs) Make sure you're correct and truthful. Because people will find out and it can backfire extraordinarily, extraordinarily, which it did in this situation. So just like, why did you do that? Is, why did you do that?
1: This is definitely one of those. I can't believe people lied on the internet.
0: I mean, it really is. It's like, why? Why would they lie? Because my thought too was like, I mean, my thought of the whole thing was just like, why would she? If she could, you know, if she was wrong about the like she going up against like basically in in a, in a roundabout way Nintendo. Like, why? Why would she go out of her way to kill her career for like for a lie? Like, why would she do that? And just like. She only does voice, she only voice acts like one character. It's Bayonetta and no one else. And she thought she really could get ahead on this one. And it's like you, people would have been more with you if you were truthful. And also you had like very ridiculous ideas of how the, how well the franchise does. Like it is not a huge moneymaker. I think it mostly breaks even. And Nintendo, I think rides out most of the cost of that one. Like it's, it's not as popular as you think it is. Uh, It's all very sad. Mm-hmm. Like it's a situation no one wins except the people like um for trans um trans lifeline which got money raised to support them from that one voice actress, so like at the, at the end of the day, just though we're really, like no one won. It's
1: it is one of those situations that sometimes makes you wonder like what would the world be like if Twitter didn't exist? If we didn't have this? I mean, like, it's currently on its bubble. way
0: through implosion, right. um since it was bought. So
1: yeah. Yeah, even <laughs> even internally, it's just a drama fest. Let alone as a mm-hmm. platform, like the whole thing is just yeah, like, designed to make people mad.
0: Like we talked about before we started. Like I view Twitter as like I only follow the people I want to. I try and make sure I get only things that are important. And very 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 infrequently things slip through the cracks. So I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I didn't see that coming. But for the most part, I have it very tailored to the least amount of drama as possible and unfortunately it does not always work
1: (laughs) well yeah unfortunately there's a lot of stuff that gets pushed i did finally you know the big fix was telling it to show like most recent stuff instead of like letting it do algorithm magic because algorithm magic Mm -hmm. means it's going to show you things that piss you off like including things that you're not subbed or falling to it's just like ooh, this is Mm -hmm. trending i should just throw this
0: in your timeline I keep having to do this thing where, like, it will tell me, it's like, you might be interested in this tweet that you missed. It's like, no. I maintain four Twitter accounts. I can guarantee you, I don't. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't care. Like, I, I probably have seen it on one of my other accounts. And I'm just like, mm, just how do I get you to stop? Especially because it does on my one account, which is my, like, my personal account that I very infrequently use. But it's just like, so-and-so posted it because I accepted a follow request from someone. Right. So it keeps telling me that they tweeted. I'm like, I have seen that on my other three accounts. Stop it.
1: Right. It's like the platform gets a little bit self-important sometimes. Like, look, mm-hmm. I, I get that you value yourself, but I know that 90% of what's on my feed, people are typing while they're on the shitter. It's not that deep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing someone typed with their thumbs while taking a shit is worth your reading. <laughs> uh, do we have any questions today? We do. I was about to say, if you want to like transition into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have some questions um, there is one that um, was posted in between episodes so I'm just going to answer and someone asked what was my thoughts about RE4 Remake's gameplay I don't fucking care about Resident Evil 4 Remake don't ask me about it I'm going to be very curmudgeon on this one but like, <laughs> I'm going to be very adamant I don't care about Silent Hill 2 Remake I don't care about Resident Evil 4 Remake I will not be buying them I will not be playing them I don't care that they exist so that's don't ask me about them please I don't want to be a jerk but I just don't care I don't care. No, you know you might have played. You probably would have played it if they hadn't killed the dog. And uh, oh yeah, I still think it's stupid. I'm like, so they're going out of the way to be edgy. They're like, oh, remember the dog? Well, this time he didn't make it. It's like, why? Like, right. why are you going out of the way to be like that? It's like this is such an unnecessary thing where you're trying to be edgy. I hate, I hate the super serious style of the art. The Resident Evil remakes currently. I hate them, and they're not. They're just going to keep making these remakes. It's so. Re- I mean, that's kind of the same tone as Seven and Village, right? There was kind of but like seven and village were what they were they were not remakes they were not reinventions Mm -hmm. of something and like they still like seven had its comedy with like uh, marguerite and jack (laughs) and like lucas too like there was comedy in them in the serious moments and then eight was like weirdly weirdly more serious but like also really campy at the same time you're not even at the campiest part of that game no that game is campy too the remakes lack camp Four was supposed to was like a like a really shitty wisecracking spy horror esque game. I don't feel it from this that I've seen, and like the way that they present jokes in the remake, they'll be like, "Oh fuck, what was that?" And like that's the joke. That's the joke. So like even if they use the same lines from four originally in the remake the tone is very different different voice actor different delivery different tone all over all to the game so it's gonna be so different it's like well why don't you just fucking make a new game instead of just keep remaking the old ones so that's where i'm at i'm just so tired of it they've lost the camp and they just made them too serious and it just they feel so pretentious now While being also the most mainstream bland thing they could do, like eating store brand chips at this point, like yeah, they do taste like the other ones. But did you need to make a store brand version of Ruffles? I don't know. It's I don't care. I don't care. It's an unsalted pretzel. Bring back the camp. Yeah, that's on that. I don't know if you had any opinions on RE4 remakes gameplay, but I'm sure you haven't even seen it yet. I i haven't really i started with the opinion
1: that it doesn't need to exist because it is not a game that was designed during an era where there were any actual things holding them from creating what they had initially sought to make mm-hmm. like that game yeah. was exactly what it meant to be so a remake of it is
0: entirely unnecessary yep that's how i feel especially since they've already sold that original game on the current platform and it's playable on the current platforms like right just... yeah Okay. Anyway, here's from this week's um, Prohexen asks, Do you prefer third person or first person? Resident Evil, uh, first person. It depends. I prefer the games that were released in the the um, style that they were. I don't mind options, so I don't have a huge problem with like the third person existing. I hate the paywall behind it. It's like, hey, play your game, but actually buy the new complete version first, jackass. Um, I prefer first person because it slowed it back down to feeling survival horror in seven but now it's just speeding back up to 4, 5, and 6. Right. It's uh,
1: it's a little weird to me because, you know, even just, like, seeing some of the gameplay of Resident Evil Village with third person, I was like, this is scarier. Like, w- what would really take balls is for them to introduce a third option where we have the static cameras from the original Resident <laughs> Evils in the new games and mm. see how that goes because... I really do think that taking away that degree of precise control really adds a lot to the actual fear factor that can mm. exist in these games. I actually do legitimately find Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 unnerving to play. Uh, that is not the case with 4 on up. So there is definitely something to that, I think. Even though I don't, it doesn't sound like you really feel the same way. It sounds like to you none of them are really scary or unnerving
0: but. no i don't resident evil i don't find um scary in the slightest most horror games i don't like um seven the first few times was like since it was first person it felt more claustrophobic and like it was the pacing was slowed down like the enemies i know the enemies are kind of bland but like do you really think zombies are that more interesting it's like oh look one of the three random zombie models they're not that much more interesting They they really are not like yeah i wish there was more variety to the molded but they made sense like they were more bland or like you know they're all very similar to make the baker family shine that that was the point like it was that like that that, that that was the game the the baker family was more important than the little moment to moment enemies you fought that that was the point but i i i liked that a lot better okay and i I've, I've been watching someone play village in third person for the main game and it just you can tell that it doesn't for me, like, if it works for you, that's great. If you're having fun, if it's easier for you because you couldn't change the FOV in first person, I, I get it. I'm, I'm not judging that. I'm happy you have an option now. Uh, but I'm watching, and, like, the world was not built for third person. So, like, it's weird. It's not claustrophobic anymore. It just looks like the main character is going through a very... It looks like they're going through, like, a child size like, maze sometimes. <laughs> You'll see, like, because in first person, like, if you're walking through a hallway, like how you walk through a hallway yourself. You don't always necessarily perceive, you don't see your body walking through it. So you perceive how big or small it is from your own perspective. So it can kind of change. But if you see someone else walking down a hallway, you're like, oh, that's really narrow, isn't it? Like you, it's a different, you feel different. So like I'm watching someone go through a narrow hallway and like, oh, this, you can see the seams a bit more. Like some of the animations are a little jankier because like the game wasn't built for it. And all the cutscenes are still in first person, so it zooms into his head for cutscenes. But, like, <laughs> you'll see someone go through, and you're like, oh, I wasn't supposed to see this much of the world. I wasn't supposed to see this much. Like, in the beginning, where you're walking through the snow after you get out of the car, after you get abducted, you can't see all the things around, but, like, it's zoomed out, so you can you can see the fucking, like, um, force a bit more, you're like, oh, I... It's really weird that there's only this very small path in this area where, like, before it felt like, oh, there was other ones, but this was the only one clear enough for you to go through. You're just like, oh, you could definitely walk over that. They just blocked off. that You can see the invisible wall in a way. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see that being a problem with this mm-hmm. particular DLC edition because, like you're saying, like it's not designed for it, but... So like that that's why like two three and like even four remake looking at them they don't have that problem even the DLC scenario that's in third person you can see it was built with the idea that you would be able to see the character if you were in first person in two remake RPD would look massive but now it look but instead in third person it looks like you're like okay this room's about normal this would be a normal sized room with village what, what looked like like oh this is kind of claustrophobic looks like oh this is just like a tiny box season why this looks silly it looks silly. All right. Uh, next question. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like really chatty. Um, next question from Cosmic Greed: Best Resident Evil waifu or husbando? Um, remake Jill, just remake Jill's design. That's like there, there, this that. Also, Sheva.
1: Wasn't there? Uh, what was it? Rebecca? Didn't oh you God, have a thing for me? Rebecca?
0: No, I hate Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rebecca's your favorite. No. <laughs> like, you you couldn't get in a blander character. And also, it's creepy because, like, she was, she's 18 in the game, and, like, Wesker was scouting her for a while prior. So, it's just, like, weird vibes on that one. No, thank you. Yeah, uh,
1: you know, it's kind of weird because I'm struggling to think through it. I'm like, well, of the ones that I've truly played through, I was basically exposed
0: to Ada. Mm-hmm which is the one that you're supposed to be attracted to, or best bay? What's funny about this question, though, is, like, literally every answer is such the most basic answer you could have. With all, like, at least the waifu ones, like, you'd have to go really far out. You'd have to be like, oh, well, Marguerite, obviously. And you'd be like, oh. <laughs> but, like, if you say anyone else, for the most part, barring a few characters, people be like, well, yeah, but everyone's going to say that anyway. Like, right. uh, as far as Husbando, like, the most I would say, though, is, like, i like the design of village chris i like white chris but like it's chris so he sucks as a character so right
1: i do feel like um i don't know i mean there is the trap of ashley
0: right where it's like you really shouldn't be saying that one (laughs) ashley's 20 ashley's like a college student yeah she's a college student okay well ashley that one's easy (laughs) <laughs> have you seen the remake the w- one funny thing about the remake is they changed her design a little bit and everyone's like i cannot believe they're hiding her biggest assets it's just absolutely disgusting they, they <laughs> why don't they know what the people want and someone's like don't worry they'll just like mod in like you know a bigger bust on her and they're like bigger bust what are you talking about and they post a picture for gigantic ears because they covered <laughs> her ears but her ears are huge in like re4 classic
1: this is true but um they... just, that's just fun <laughs> and then you have uh yeah and then you said husbando chris i, I like the characters in the form so like ashley mm-hmm. leon those were two really Hunnigan. strong characters yeah kind of
0: would be like more like of a left field like oh, oh that's weird but i but people like yeah, i get that because all the characters in the series if they're main characters they're hot in some way they're hot they just are because they're intended to be people you look at they don't have a personality right. so they have to be hot. lord Sadler. <laughs> someone he got that tentacle i can see people liking him oh yeah okay so re4 takes place in 2005 or is it 2004 takes place i don't know what year it takes place but ashley's born in 84 and if it took place in either 2004 or 2005 she's either 20 or 21 but everyone thinks she's like 16 i'm like no she is the one character in the series that is not a child that is annoying that people think is sherry child in in two sherry adult in six steve 17 child in code veronica claire always an adult 19 rebecca 18 barely legal (laughs) uh which just adds to your rebecca hate Mm -hmm. yeah there you go there's that on there (laughs) do you have a husbando or is that not your thing i have a feeling it's not your thing i mean it's not my thing but leon if i had to pick one which leon Uh, is it re2 leon classic re2 remake leon re4 sorry has to be four has to be special not not even even. re6 or re um vendetta
1: so re i mean re6 is voiced by matt mercer so that's cool and he's fine i guess I, i just didn't really like the graphical style of
0: six that much so it's sort of like no, I mean six is a really weird mixed bag. Like the one thing I've never heard anyone complain about is the graphical style, but I 100% understand what you're talking about because it always looked weird. It's just shiny. It's like over, like everything looks wet all the time in that game. It's kind of like um the epi- like um Unreal Engine where everything looks like it has a slimy film on it. Like if you play the Arkham games, Batman looks like oh, he's yeah. just he hasn't showered in a bit. Like you yeah. know, like if I touch you, my hands going to be sticky. Everyone has that. Feel. I think it's a pro- six has that I think feel. it's
1: a product of that like time period because i also remember yeah. feeling that way like as much as i loved like half-life 2 and the source engine game because i had to live off of that engine for years until i could upgrade my pc boy shiny textures was a problem in that game like the grass was shiny it didn't make sense mm. <laughs> you know yeah you just need to
0: throw that reverse filter over it yeah it's better than bloom i guess mm-hmm this next question, I don't think you'll have an answer for. Have you played any Star Ocean game? Uh, n- no. Okay. The next <laughs> question is from Anno, asking, Star Ocean, Waifu, and Husbando? Uh, waifu's a hard one to pick, but I'm going to pick Ilya or Opera from the first game. Or, Ilya from the first game or Opera from the second game. And, um, Husbando is Adray from the third game. And... I'm trying to think if there's anyone six that fits that, but I haven't met any like all the, like the characters. I like them, but like not enough like that. Just trying to think, of... there's another one from another one, another game? Oh, Ronix, Ronix, yeah, there you go. There you can suss out a type on that one for sure. <laughs> but Ad Ray for sure. I I almost stopped playing the first game while I was when people told me about AdRay. Let me, let me. <laughs> i like the other character i end up liking all the games but like i almost stopped playing it so i could play this this character who i got very late game in three so this guy here so he carries he's a big guy who carries around a katana what do you think his his combat style is timber Ooh, ooh, hit thing with big sword no he is a mage oh i'm not joking his katana he just kind of like pokes people with the hilt and then he casts strong magic. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, because I played as I'm like, why can't I like do anything? And they're like, he's a mage. I'm like, he's fucking what? Because I guess that would be the funniest thing. Like You get this big buff guy come out, he has a katana, he's got the hakama on, he's got the geta on. You're like, hell yeah, I'm going to beat the shit out of a, with, uh, people with the samurai. He's like, I know strong magic like Stone Rain. You're like, okay. Okay. And he's voiced, you saw Cowboy Bebop at least, right? I have, yes. Okay, his voice actor shares a voice actor with Jet Black. Oh, neat! So it was like such it was perfect. It was just like this is the best combination of stuff. This is the oddest thing, and I will take it. All right, let me see. You have no, you'll have no answer for that one. I mean, let's see.
1: Um, it's gonna be the most superficial answer ever, and it's from a, <laughs> it's from a limited selection because I don't know all the characters. But where uh, what did, what did you look up? I don't know. So there's this image which isn't really the
0: best thing for a podcast, but this is what I got. Um, see, yeah, let me see it so I can tell you if you're safe or not on answers. Because like if a bro over here pulls out limel we're going to have to end the podcast.
1: <laughs> well, limel is in the list. Limel's a child. Yes, obviously. Uh, I can tell. She kind of reminds me of um, Momo from
0: Xenosaga. So, similar vibes yeah uh, but she's very monotone like the, the similar child vibes is she's very monotone and she just kind of perceive everyone I'm still waiting for this picture to be posted yeah sorry it was giving me trouble here we go
1: yes download the damn image what are you doing keep
0: Man, I, keep I love the anyway. names for characters in star Ocean series because they all have weird things like Adray's name is Adre lasbard and then the main character for that game is fate line God then the fourth game it's um edge maverick okay so you're looking at the cast of um last hope ah i can tell you at least limel's a child miracle i think is also a, like technically under 18 um welch i have no idea sarah i think i don't know her age oh let me look up sarah actually it looks like she has to be on the older side they never give glasses to she's 19 like she she has that oneson feel to her nah yes I don't know if you looked up any full-body shots of any of these characters. Bacchus looks like um, Buzz Lightyear, if he was a JRPG <laughs> character, just so you know. Okay. I'm just going to show share pic, a picture of Miria for you, so you can actually see what she looks like, because you can't tell from that. Oh, goodness. What the hell? <laughs> very rack-forward with that one. Um, If you think she is bad, let me tell you that she is a very very toned down character compared to the one I'm about to post this is Fiore from 5 oh no um, her outfit her outfit is not tan and purple that's purple in her skin she is her design is so horny in design but as a character she's actually just a normal person she's like i just really want to go get hammered at the bar and hang out with everyone like she just wants to do that and talk about magic uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, not a not a single horny thought in her brain
1: not a single person's like
0: hey have you considered wearing Clothing,
1: maybe she does. They know. do bring
0: up her clothing. She's like, Oh, I just like wearing it, it feels more, more, uh, um, what did she say? It feels more liberating. And she's like, And I just have a bunch of different versions of this outfit in different sizes in case I gain or lose weight. <laughs> like, huh, and now, like, that's a one off conversation, and they never bring it back up. Oh, goodness. All right, what who are you picking? Uh, it's kind of between Sarah or Raimi. Really, oh, you would pick
1: Raimi. What's what's wrong with Rami? It's just I mean she's okay, so... I I get that she's like kind
0: of just basically the Japanese girl in the group, but um let me find a good render of her. Okay, this is more or less what she looks like, full body. Um I named her thighs in the game. <laughs> yeah. Like everything's covered about her except for her thighs, so I named her thighs and like at one point it's like uh landed a 100 kick Moves with, and it was supposed to say with Raimi, but it said with thighs. No, did I'm, it? I did it. It was worth the payoff. I mean, I picked the right thing. She basically looks like my girlfriend, so I can see that. I, I did. mean, that's a, that's a fair choice. Who's the only pick? Sarah. Sarah's adult, but yeah. Okay, well that that's <laughs> Timber's official. Cho-
1: the official choices have been determined. This is never going to be different ever. This is permanent.
0: Mm. <laughs> oh, this next question from Puddin's actually a very good question for mm. you
1: okay
0: uh so put and ask if your significant other turned into a worm will your loving relationship still be go still go as normal or will there be complications i feel like this is something your girlfriend would ask you if i if i turned into a worm I've would you seen, still love me i've seen this meme template and yes you are correct
1: i've been asked some variations <laughs> of this question before
0: <laughs> she has that vibe to her
1: yes there would be some complications most definitely Uh, so it depends who's asking. (laughs) If, since I know that putting cups, someone's asking, uh, yeah, that it would be, that would be hard. That would be a difficult thing.
0: I will agree. That will probably be complications though. Knowing my girlfriend, it might just turn into a situation with like that worm dude from SpongeBob in the wheelchair. I feel like that would just become our relationship. (laughs) Chocolate. Chocolate. And then our last question is from Mass. What other games would you, would you suggest for fans of Star Ocean? Uh, if you really want the sci-fi, Xenoblade, maybe the other Xenoblade games. Depending on how much it's wanting, you're wanting sci-fi. If you're wanting anything else by Triace I would check out their other library, which, insta- which includes like Radiant Historia, Exist Archive, which is more like Valkyrie Profile. There's Valkyrie Profile, and maybe give like Resonance of Fate a go. There's no other game like Resonance of Fate to it to a fault it is so unique and niche there's just nothing else like it but it has that similar feel of like oh there's it's like star ocean where they're like oh there's really nothing else like this series out there is there because star ocean doesn't really have a spiritual successor because the series isn't dead that that's where i would go just go with the xenoblade or like the other things trice makes to get that same vibe i'd recommend xenosaga if you want to just like watch your star
1: ocean I don't know how if you was, scene has if Easter you want to walk but...
0: through very bland looking corridors while listening to footsteps and air conditioners, play Xenosaga One. Oh, it's that so is a game good. for you. That is like straight up space ASMR. That game, it's like it's like almost too immersive for what it would be be like to be on a spaceship. It's like, but I just want I just want a, a jaunty tune. Yeah. Well, I'm running through this empty corridor. Just give me that. And they're like, the, someone's like the alarm in the beginning area counts as a song. I'm like, no, it does not. It does not. At least it was sound, but it does not count as a song.
1: Honestly, unlike Xenoblade Chronicles, which perhaps I have an unfair disposition against, Star Ocean does seem like it would actually interest me. So I may actually
0: mm. play these at some I point. I would, I would try out till the end of. I would try out Divine Force at least because it's the newer one. in but then if you want more complicated ones, move backwards. Uh, if you want to start out a little complicated start with first departure or till the end of time crafting that series is something you will probably always have to look up how to do because it doesn't hold your hand or tell you things because it's still they were made in a time where you're gonna buy a guide book but crafting is something you will probably always have to look up information for because it's just not straightforward it's it's ba- a lot of it's based on rng in one two and three it's really rng heavy uh four and five it's a lot more straightforward like to the point where like you're getting a list of things that you can make uh f- six goes back to the it simplifies it down to like the cre- item creations only in seven categories you just put things together and hope that they work you don't get a list of things that you can make after you make them once you have to remember and you can't buy a guide for it yet because there's no guidebook out yeah, yeah, that is. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're all on ps5 except for the second game which hasn't come out in english again yet for some reason but the rest of the series is all on ps5 Oh, that's awesome or ps4 Okay. Well, I might play that. Do it. So I can talk more about Star Ocean because I just do that every day on stream now. I'm like, have I talked about it yet today? No? Okay, let's get into it.
1: Yeah, I also have a have friend that wants Lord
0: me to Lord And
1: I have a friend that really wants me to play Persona 5 as well. And I know that you're heavily biased against that. So that's what I'm weighing it against. But.
0: Yeah, I'd say play it. See if you like it on your own. I just will say that the game goes out of its way to tell you one situation's bad but then presents the opposite of that situation, just like gender flips it, and they're like, it's okay. It's maybe not in the plot, but it is something you can do and most likely will do. Gotcha. So if you play it, if you play it, let me know, and then I'll talk to you more about it, because I will soapbox <laughs> about Atlas and their uh, their way of handling the subject matter until everyone listens and starts looking at it objectively.
1: Is this like a, a Catherine full-body situation?
0: Uh, a little different okay yeah anything else before we wrap up for the day because we're already at the two and a half hour mark and rip cam <laughs> he's at home with COVID. he'll be fine
1: no i think i
0: think we're good i think this has been a fruitful conversation all right well thank you all for listening to this episode of potasaurus uh hopefully soon all three of us will be back someday one day uh timber where can people find you in the meantime yeah,
1: if you guys want to watch me do my streams, you can watch me on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. i finally chosen a time and day, so this is what it's going to be for the foreseeable future, where I'm currently playing Resident Evil Village. I'm um, about three quarters of the way through, I imagine. I just finished Moreau. We're moving towards Heisenberg, then... Yeah, so that's my streams. If you want to see my YouTube channel, you can go to youtube.com slash timbertaft, where I post various videos lately. it's I've been on sort of a video essay kick. The most recent one came out last week. It was about Xenoclash. Go watch it, because it is very new, and it is pretty good. It's just unfortunate if you don't care about Xenoclash, all, all the rest of the world of you. And then you can also follow me on twitter.com slash timbertaft, where I mostly just post my schedule and we'll also post pictures of
0: my bunny phantom on occasions where can people find you cal for me as for me you can find me monday through friday at twitch.tv slash code hunter at 8 a.m central daylight time which is about to change the central standard time um, but at 8 a.m is when you'll find me uh and i play jrpgs retro games jank or all that stuff anything that's just bad i'll probably play um, you can also find me on tiktok twitter YouTube, which I'm hoping to start uploading stuff on there soon. And Twitter all at Hunter. And in addition to that, you can find pictures and videos of my dog Rhubarb on Instagram at Rhubarb Borzoi. And yeah, I've been updated. That's my most consistently updated social network is pictures of my dog because that's easy (laughs) for me to do. But thank you for listening to this episode of Potasaurus. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.